Good evening and welcome to another fabulous shed session. And I'm so, so excited to be joined by Ian from Page of Swords. Hi, Ian. Hi, hi. Thanks for having me. It's, it's an absolute pleasure. And like I said, in our digital communication, it's such a treat for me. It, it genuinely is. And I cannot tell you how lucky I feel to have these artists come in and perform and yeah, I'm, I'm so looking forward to hearing your, your songs. As usual, I will be introducing the show with a little story, and it's quite a long story. Hopefully it won't take too long. I used to struggle in school when we were asked to do speeches, and the mm. teacher would say a two-minute speech, and I was like, how am I going to do that? <laughs> but now I can literally rattle on for hours, no problem. But I'll, I'll keep it as brief as possible. But it's, it's a, again, a beautiful summer's evening. Mm. I will talk about the raspberries. Ian's laughing, our wonderful producer over there. I've called, you are the producer now, aren't you? Okay. <laughs> what what would you like to be? Producers, fine. Producers, that cool. Producer that fine. is our audio expert. And Alex is here too. And Ian was laughing because I always talk about the raspberries. And I am mm. going to talk about them again. They have taken a turn. You have to dig really deep for the good ones. Uh, there were so many that a lot of them over-ripened before I could pick them. And they dropped to the floor, which means they'll reseed down there. And next mm. year, there's just going to be a ton more. So the first crop is nearly done. The second crop is going to come a little bit late on. But they sustain me and they are tasty. Some of them taste of bugs. You know, when you eat one and you know there's a bug, it's got that kind of bug taste. Do you ever get that? that extra fiber. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not sure if I – sometimes it's so bad I spit it out, but mm, then sometimes right. I don't. Anyway, today I had a, a really interesting day. I, I was invited by a – chap called Mike and he lives in Belgium and he is in London to see a gig with Peter Buck so from oh, REM yeah. who's in a in a band oh, I knew I'd forget the name of the the band but they're performing at the garage tomorrow night in London mm. and Mike is a super REM fan mm. he's got a bar beneath or in his house that he calls Bar Electrolyte and I think Electrolyte is a lyric from a song, or maybe it's the name of a song? Yeah, it's one of the tracks, yeah, yeah. on um, uh, Adventures in Hi-Fi. Ah, yeah. New Adventures in yeah, Hi-Fi, yeah, yeah. my favorite one. It's great. And he's got this bar, and he opens it, I think, four times a year, not for profit, because it's approved by REM. The management are happy to be on board with it, and he'll open it for special releases, reissues. The Up anniversary is coming up up 25 so the album called up and he's got this idea to photograph people with his cocktails that he makes yeah. and outside rem relevant spots so oh, he wow. he asked me if i could meet him in london while he's preparing to go to this gig and if i could meet him at wood green near wood green there's a, a studio called the livingston studios mm -hmm. where rem recorded fables of the reconstruction wow. 1985 yeah, around yeah, there yeah. and we went and it's the studio looks a bit abandoned a bit dilapidated right. but i met up with him there and we took some photos wow. he made a cocktail out there like amongst all the litter and the debris and the iceland across the road so it's not as glamorous <laughs> as you would expect but wonderful to imagine 
like the band was there and they were arriving probably yeah. at the Woodgreen station. It was a, a winter, really cold winter apparently. And they they would go and record there, and he he actually gave me the the record in a bag down there, and I'll I'll grab that in just a second. But anyway, on the train journey, I was so excited. I've I've had a, a few uh, moments of sadness recently, and I think people probably can relate to it. I haven't really spoken about it much, but I'm doing things, and I don't know, perhaps stuff that I wouldn't have done before. I'm kind of reaching out for opportunities i mm. guess i've i've always been good at it but i it's kind of lulled a bit mm. and i thought you know what i'm going to go meet this guy and i'm going to enjoy the train journey and i'm going to mm. read and i'm going to listen to music i've never met him before but i i trust him he's a mm. he's a really good guy to talk to and i was on the train put my headphones on and i go to page of swords <laughs> And it doesn't work because my Wi-Fi is rubbish. <laughs> I've downloaded it on on that streaming app called Spotify. I can say that, and it it didn't work. But luckily, I've been listening to it at work for a while, and I've I've seen your gigs, and it's sure. it's great. Yeah, so I had to listen to something else, and I listened to Helmet, and the album's called Betty. I don't know if you've ever no no I don't know that no yeah, yeah. it's Ian's smiling have you have you got a helmet t-shirt on or something that's a hell of a left turn Warren I yeah mean. yeah yeah no the story will come <laughs> the story will come together I can see everyone's going like where is this going okay so no page of swords listening to helmets heavy it's great and I'm reading the book that I've got here by Nick Cave yeah. and Shauna Hagen and it's on the back it says this is not a memoir this is a conversation and indeed it is a conversation because while I was reading it, I thought, this isn't an autobiography or anything like that. It's a conversation. And then I turned it around and it was like, yeah, this is a conversation. That's what I thought. <laughs> so I'm, I'm reading it and I'm thinking, Page of Swords, Ian's coming. And he reminds me a bit of Nick Cave. That's weird. Okay, so I'm going to carry on reading. And then I got to a page that I, I'm trying to hold the book and the mic here. Well, I'll get it. Uh, and I folded a page over and they're talking about, I mean, he's in London and they're talking about songwriting and stuff. And he's saying here, he's talking about the song called Brompton Oratory. And Sean O'Hagan says, a song I love from that period is Brompton Oratory. How did it come about? I, I'll read a bit. I don't. I think that's okay. It's... Um, so, and then Nick Cave answers, he says, well, it, it is exactly as it says, I had broken up with Polly Harvey. And when I read that, I was like, PJ Harvey, Harvey, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. And I was distraught <clears throat> to say the least. The song is an explicit description of my situation, sitting in the Brompton Oratory in London, listening to the gospel. The reading is from Luke 24, where Christ returns to his loved ones. I look at the stone apostles, think that it's all right for some. And just writing down the song as it happened, but it remained open-ended for a while. I couldn't work out how to finish it, so it just sort of hung around, part written. And while I was reading this, I was thinking, that's amazing, like being a songwriter and mm. hearing this. And I was thinking, I wonder if Ian does that. I wonder if, <laughs> and I reckon you do, but let's, let's read some more, and we, I can ask you that later. And so he said he's, he's going to, he says, then a, then a couple of months later, I was walking past the massive Pentecostal church in Notting Hill, and these lines sort of dropped out of the sky. No God up in the sky, no devil beneath the sea could do the job that you did of bringing me to my knees. And mm. he's talking about 
Polly Harvey. Yeah, I was like, wow. oh, gutted. I was very pleased with that. So Nick Cave is saying he's very pleased with mm. that. Suddenly I had an ending to the song. Sometimes songs feel like little triumphs over your misfortunes, mm. little acts of revenge. And I'm reading this and I'm going, oh my goodness, when I was at your gig, you were like, this felt mm. like you were making these little triumphs over like yeah. issues that you had yeah, gone through. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, I was getting that whole goosebump thing on the train and I, this cannot be true. And then he carries on and he says, I wrote the music to it in a flat in Basing Street off the Portobello Road on a tiny, tiny Casio synth. I had bought down the market and obviously yeah Casio synth I've done a podcast with someone brought a mm. Casio synth in the drum beat is the rock setting uh, the drum beat is the rock setting on the Casio slowed right down I have nothing but affection for that song I'm glad you like it and that just warmed my heart when he mm. said I have nothing but affection for that song mm. Mm. it's like he's He's looking at it and he just feels really pleased with it. Mm, and mm. like it's something that came about and he didn't even realize he mm. was doing it. Yeah, yeah. And then um, then the, the interviewer, the person he's having the conversation with, Sean, says, well, it has that collision of the sacred and profane that is pure Nick Cave, as in the lines, a beauty impossible to endure, the blood imparted in little sips, the smell of you still on my hands, as I bring the cup up to my lips. And then Nick Cave says, yes, that's a wicked little landmine hidden in the song. It has a lovely visceral charge. I love the little rising internal rhyme of cup and up. It's fun to sing. And then he's, um, Sean says, have you heard Mark Lanigan's version? Mm. And then Nick Cave says, of course, it's, it's amazing. All those seasick horns and his beautiful, ragged voice. I'm thinking, Ian's got a beautiful, <laughs> ragged voice. What's going on here? It sounds like a New Orleans funeral march or something. It mm. sounds like an act of love. He made that song his own. And then I had to stop reading because I was just overwhelmed. And I was thinking, this is just mm. all these little things connecting mm today's session yeah and i don't know what it is i think of nick cave's writing and i think of your writing and it's very visceral and it's very mm. it's got like a kind of old testament feel to it and even <laughs> the title page of swords it's kind of mm. stark and brutal yeah. but and that was the little story and i yeah ended up having a lovely time with mike and his partner mm. and they got me the the record fables of the reconstruction nice. and um, it it was just really nice to yeah, to do that. Really and cool. Came had a pizza for lunch and got back in time for this. And it's a good day. <laughs> yeah, it was very good. And yeah, yeah. how what have you been up to? Today, I can't really compare. I mean, I was working today, so um, and as much as I, I mean, I enjoy my job. It's it's not as um, it's not as interesting as that. I, I work in publishing, 
um, and I'm an editor. So, um, but I don't work on sort of sexy fiction or anything like that. I work in educational publishing. So, um, but yeah, it was a good day. Um, not much to write about really, apart from, I mean, it was a little more interesting because I had, um, because it's the teacher strikes, right? So, uh, my son, Bo, <clears throat> uh, was, was at home today with, with my, um, uh, my father-in-law. Um, so that was nice to have him around, um, and like, you know, to have lunch with him and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I mean... It, as far as days go, it wasn't bad, <laughs> but it wasn't it wasn't as nice as yours, I must say. Oh, it sounds really good <laughs> to have your son with you and yeah, to experience yeah. that. It sounds lovely. I was it's just nice. lucky to to get out and do that. I suppose I sometimes go out seeking stories. So they, yeah, they yeah. And, well, that's and they a just story. come to you. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, amazing. But Ian, uh, as I said earlier, it's just so exciting to have you here. And I said to Joe, she's inside. I said. He sounds, he sounds, he's got an amazing voice. He sounds like Orville Peck. And um, <laughs> I've, I've said that to you before. And I, get, I bet you Joe's going to be inside kind of <laughs> earwigging, seeing what she can hear. But I, I would really love to hear sure. your first song. Of course. Yeah, sure. No problem. Um, okay. <laughs> When I look in the mirror At the end of the day Strange things can happen Shadows never go away Cause I've got red in my ledger I can never make amends Try as I might And I really do try Heaven is never gonna send Spelled milk. There's 
It's incredible. It's, it's so, so good. And the guitar really hums. It's called a, a hummingbird. <laughs> yeah. And I, I just I just can't believe how amazing your voice sounds. And, well, I can believe it because it is happening <laughs> and it's real. And, yeah, it, it, it was it was a, yeah, it's a beautiful song. So that's the Red Ledger that yeah. you released in September 22? Yeah, 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 yeah. It was, uh, yeah, autumn last year. Yeah, that's right. Um yeah, it's it was it was surprising how well that went down actually, because <laughs> I kind of I didn't know really what to expect, um, what the reaction would be, because um, I've always had a tendency to write very macabre material, but um, it was really lovely actually. Like there was a lot of enthusiasm behind that one, so that was really good. Yeah, it it sounds brilliant, and I I remember when we first met was at the library on mm. Cowley Road, yes. and there's a lovely pub upstairs, and yeah. you go down to the basement, and there's, mm. there's a room with a bar that never seems to be open but there's a bar there yeah and a fairly dark room and it, it's a, it's a cool setting and mm. i saw you there on the cult of narrative tour with that's right jack cade and lee switzer wolf yes absolutely. and we lee was with us last week he, he did a shed session oh no the week before that was james yeah. gallagher pet twin and then before that was mm. lee and i i came because we had already been in communication yeah. and uh, and you kindly invited me to that show mm. and you had my name on on a list so I, it felt yeah. really special i was on the the <laughs> guest list and i had to say that bastard bird yeah that's right and now i only real that was the the code to to get in and i felt a bit odd saying it but i said it <laughs> and i discovered it's it's one of lee yeah. switzer's lyrics or something it's, uh, or a yeah song? one of the songs one yeah the songs. that bastard bird yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. i only yeah. recently discovered that and and that night was just amazing there were like i said the three acts and they were all just outstanding so i've managed to mm. get all of you on the show and jack's gonna come and do oh, something fantastic. yeah oh great I've, it's it's been quite busy and i've been thinking i, I need to get in touch with jack so yeah. and i did and he's keen so we're oh. going to do something oh, soon that's excellent yeah um, he's such a talent as well um yeah it was a real joy to do the tour with the boys it was um yeah it was a bit of a bucket list thing for me just to you know, calling it a tour i think like lee said on the show a few weeks ago perhaps it's a bit cheeky to call it a tour because you know they weren't consecutive nights but um yeah it was the only it's the first time i've ever done something like that you know where we played four different cities and um, it was a really, really special experience. Yeah. 
Yeah, it, it was it was really special for for me and the audience, and I know the reactions of people around me. They were so happy, even though a lot of the songs were quite sad, but mm. happy at the same time. Yeah, it was a good vibe actually. It's strange, isn't it? How because I, I think um, Lee and I especially have quite a lot of downbeat kind of stuff, but it was still it it didn't mean that we kind of were sending people home sad you know um it still had a nice vibe i think yeah good <laughs> yeah. it definitely did and yeah. i'm so glad i met you all and got you to come and do this and i was going to ask a little bit more about your your guitar and stuff but sure. let should we can we hear another song and yeah, then yeah, maybe yeah. we'll of, of go into that of course Be kind, so to speak Maintain the faith and hide the cracks Move house if it gets too bad Cause the morning star is never too far The morning star really lovely too and that's from it came for them in three so yeah. your your ep from january 2023 uh yeah that's right so yeah yeah i'm i'm saying this like i've remembered it all but i've got <laughs> i've got my notes here and i'm looking down i don't mind if people know i'm i've got <laughs> no, i've got no, a no. crib sheet <laughs> uh, and that's got three incredible tracks on there you've you've done quite a bit in the last couple of years i mean you've 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 produ produced and written and sung some incredible songs. How how do you find the time to to make that? Where where does the inspiration come from? Um, I guess I've always sort of, uh, since I was about fifteen, I've always kind of played. Well, you might not be able to tell because I, you know, I'm not the I'm not, I'm not the best guitarist in the world, but um, but I'm fairly solid. I guess I don't know if Ian would agree with that. Yeah, Ian has to nod right now. So yes, I'm fairly solid. Thank you, Ian. Um, but um, I've always, I guess, I've always 
I've always practiced every day. And when I say practice, not necessarily playing, you know, my scales, but I've always written um, pretty much every day or every other day. So I've kind of like, and don't get me wrong, I've written a lot of terrible stuff. Um, but I kind of have a kind of a, I guess I have a bit of a work ethic with it. Um, I always try and put in an hour every day where I just, and, and sometimes, sometimes it's rubbish and that's okay. And sometimes things land on your lap kind of thing. Um, and also because I've always <clears throat> enjoyed writing different styles of music as well because I've written a lot of folk type stuff like this but I've also always enjoyed trying to write rock and roll and rock and heavy rock as well so and that's taken a long time for me to get any good at but um I'm finally getting better at that now but um I've always tried to have both gears so there's always been something to strive for and aim for um and that keeps me going yeah. oh, that's so good to know so you've got a strict work ethic you yeah like it's formed into a habit of Pretty much, yeah. I mean, I do. Well, I remember like Neil Young um, said once that in. I mean, he can say this stuff. If I said anything like this, I just sound really pretentious. But I think I remember Neil Young saying once that it's okay sometimes to let the fields rest. You know, like if you were a farmer, because you can't you can't grow things all the time, right? Um, obviously, it was a far more eloquent than what he exactly said, but I'm paraphrasing massively. But Neil Young said something along those lines, and I do agree with that. I think there are points where you need to stop, but generally. I've always kind of had a sort of a healthy approach where I'll do a little bit every day and I'll try not to overdo it. I'll, I record what I do a lot. So I kind of try to catch a little moments and then I like to kind of think about it. And sometimes, I mean, for example, some of the little red stuff I actually wrote in my head, not on a guitar. So like songs like um, Siren Song and Diamondback, I wrote a cappella just while, because I've just had a newborn baby, my wife and I. So I was like kind of writing songs while I was doing the washing up and doing the chores and stuff. And um, so like, um, yeah, but I always try and put in the hours when possible, um, as long as I'm not, as long as I don't feel like um, I'm flogging a dead, or dead horse sort of thing, if that makes sense. Oh, it does, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, it, it's so interesting to find out how an artist creates stuff and you know it, it's a really personal journey and it's, it's really good to hear what yeah. what you do do you how do you feel once you've got a song down mm. do you feel like nick cave says it, it they're little triumphs over sort of adversity or stuff that's happened and you feel you've you've done a song and that's a kind yeah. of therapy yeah. i would i would never be i would i'm not as i'm not capable of being as elegant uh, eloquent sorry as that but obviously um but um but yeah absolutely i think like um there is for me anyway i know, I know some songwriters would say it's not catharsis for them it is catharsis for me I, absolutely especially like lyrically um and i i'm i'm kind of okay with that I, I think it's i think in a way it's a strength of mine you know i kind of have to own um some of the darker sides to how i feel and um it's helped me kind of cope with and process um mental health issues as well um so it's been a really good tool for that um and i think there's no shame in that i think there is um there is a a really kind of rich um mine um that you can you can pull all sorts of wonderful treasures out of um nick cave tom waits um pj harvey i think you know they probably all have a similar place that they can go to when they want to write sometimes um and obviously i'm not putting myself up with them but but yeah I feel that sometimes the darker sides of life um, can be very rich for, for art and creativity. 
I'm really envious of that writing tradition. I've I've tried to write some songs, mm. but I I don't have any music to go with it. I I write words and I do keep them. Some of it's mm. quite embarrassing for myself when I look back and I'm like, oh, what's that? But I've got a friend across the road who I don't mind sharing them with. But yeah, yeah. I do envy that that skill of being able to write a song. If you can write poems, can you? Is that kind of how a song works? That's how I started was writing poetry. Actually, I used to write really cheesy poetry as a kid, um, and I love playing with words. And a lot of them were awful, but I always felt like I needed that outlet. And I wrote little stories as well, um, which which were also also horrifically awful. But I just always had this need to kind of write and create. Um, and I was always a bit of a loner as a kid. I mean, I had a lot. I, had, I was quite social. I'm a bit strange because I'm uh, I'm quite contradictory in a way. Like I'm I'm quite happy to talk to people and see people, but I also need a certain amount of time where it's just me in a room with a guitar or I mean there was a time where, where it was with a paintbrush as well you know um or with just a pencil and, and, and writing but I've always needed that outlet I've needed a creative outlet um and yeah I, I think music is my first love for sure so I sort of took what I kind of enjoyed from the poetry and then started to apply it to music um and then kind of started to discover more and more different artists got into people like Leonard Cohen um got into people like Bob Dylan um, and then it kind of grew from there, really. Um, yeah, yeah. And I feel like music is one of those art forms that's very different to say watching a play or looking at a painting. It mm. it kind of it draws me in, and it it heals me. So mm. you know, today has been a very very much a healing day, and having this to to the cherry on top is is perfect. So it's wonderful that you are. You're obviously feeling that listening to music and appreciating other artists, and then mm. you're giving back in that tradition. So you're also feeding that thing in the universe that we all need. <laughs> you know, the, we need music floating around. So yeah, yeah, I always yeah. think once you've you've sung something like that song, it's out there now. Yeah, and even uh, we we've recorded it, but it's it's taken that little space in the air particles in the universe. You've yeah. put something positive out there, if whatever the words, whatever it is, you've mm. created it and it's gone in sound and it's up. Yeah, and it, fe <laughs> it feels good when it's something you feel proud of. You know, it's the best that you can do. Yeah. Then it, then that's a really nice feeling. I'm sure Ian would say the same as well. It's the best thing is about creating something, sharing it, and then the little surprises you know like for example this well this isn't this is a big surprise and a lovely big surprise but having other people that you know aren't your relatives dig what you do yeah, <laughs> I, I dig it big time <laughs> thank you it may it, it sounds strange but it's still a it's still a buzz that i just you know i'll never get bored of you know it's just amazing to make something and have other people enjoy it it's really cool yeah it's it's really helpful for me especially like i i just can't express enough how music just makes me feel so good mm, so mm. It, it just fills me up i love it yeah, so much yeah, yeah yeah it's good for the soul yeah very much so <laughs> yeah. and i don't know earlier i said i would like to talk about your guitar mm. but let, let's let's do that now and then sure. um i've i've noticed it when i mentioned earlier it's it's called a hummingbird and it mm. definitely has that hum it kind of reaches the <laughs> point and it's how you play it too obviously and it that sound just kind of it just goes once you've yeah. hit those notes they you've played a note and it's out there and then the next note comes out and it joins <laughs> that one that's out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's a beautiful looking guitar. It's, it's <laughs> sun blush. Is that the right Yeah, name? yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an Epiphone hummingbird. It's a dreadnought acoustic, so it's got a lot of bottom end, a lot of bass. 
Um, so it, it carries, it's, it's, and it's also got a nice weight to it. Um, and I just, I'm not very good with the small neck, so it's got a nice chunky neck, like one of those baseball bat necks, you know? So it, it feels like, it feels a little bit like I'm carrying a cello around my neck, but I like that. Um, but yeah, yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's, uh, I like it. it I, sort of, I think you connect with some and some you don't. I think I heard on a previous show, I think you guys were talking about guitars and you were saying how some really click with you and some don't. And I really, I get that. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I think last time I told the story about getting that guitar from, from Scotland. To the Martin. Yes, I've that got, was it, yeah. Um, so yes, I, I, t I totally get that because my Black Martin is a, is a concert size guitar because I, I, I'm not so, I, don't, I love Dreadnoughts, but it's just, they're sure. too big yeah, for yeah, me. Sure, sure. So it's a kind of personal <laughs> preference thing. Mm, mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, and I think there are songs in these things as well. Sounds a bit cheesy, but like... Um, Ian, <laughs> Ian and I have been exchanging messages, messages recently because I've been adding to my collection of guitars, um, uh, shall we say. Um, as you do. As you do. And um, But one thing I do find is a massive benefit is that is usually when you get a guitar that you connect with, you get sort of five songs for free. Like they kind of come with a bunch of stuff that you need to get out. Um, and I'm sure there's there's songs in these things as well, which I, I'm, I, I, I'm convinced by. So um, that's always really fun when you get something new that you connect with. You know, there's some good stuff to come out of it, you know. And that's oh, really. I cool. love that. I love yeah, that thought. Yeah. Five songs for free. There but, you go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> make make the most of yeah. of that. <laughs> I I adore watching live performances for lots of reasons. One of them is looking at the guitars and the drums and the pedals and the mm. cables and the microphones. Everything. I'm looking all over the place, mm. and obviously the performer too, and. I've watched some of the stuff on BBC iPlayer from Glastonbury mm. and there was a the War on Drugs set. They were oh, on yeah. the, the main stage, I think it's called. There's so many stages, massive festival. And I was looking at the guitars and Adam Grandichil, I think that's his name, he gets his guitar swapped out quite a bit. So it's exciting because they all look mm. incredible. Yeah. But what I love is those guitars that look really worn and, you know, people have yeah. kept them for years and they've repaired yeah. them and they've reused them. And mm. it's it's a nice thing. It's like a bike that keeps getting repaired and gets mm. back on the road and mm. a guitar has a life and you've got to keep it going. There's that book, The Third, Third Policeman. I don't know if you've read it, but in that book it talks about how objects of um, objects that somebody loves or cares for, they start to become part of them because the the transfer in cells from you to that thing the thing starts to bind to you a little bit you know I'm, I'm again i'm not being as elegant as the book but um and i think there's something in that you know i think these things tell stories um, i must say that this is a very new guitar i mean it's very shiny and nice but i've got some older ones um yeah and you get that vibe you know like you kind of there's there's a story behind each of these things as well and i really like that yeah yeah, yeah. It, you can just sit there and think where's that been where yeah. what guitar case has it gone in where's it traveled to mm. there, I, something just came into my mind i was in aldi the other day doing the weekly shop and i walked down that middle aisle mm. everyone knows the middle aisle if you shop at aldi they've got loads of bargains in their weekly stuff and there's a bag of they call them recycled golf balls and I thought, no, this is this is odd. And I looked at the bag, quite a hefty bag full of golf balls. And I, I'm a sucker for like golf balls, bouncy balls, footballs, although I don't I'm not really much of a football player. Although I coached once and that was weird. 
tennis <laughs> balls. So I, I looked at these golf balls and they were actually balls that they looked like they'd taken off a driving range and re just, so they weren't recycled. I don't think they were reusing. And I think they should have called them reused or repaired stuff. Cause that's better. And, mm. and that, then I thought of guitars and it's nice to see that they are, often repaired and mm. reused and handed on and an instrument mm. should have a long life and mm. keep mm. playing there was a store um a shop in abingdon i don't know if it's still there i think it was was it called reused or Re-lo- remade guitars? remade guitars yeah but they would do exactly that they would take guitars that perhaps people had given up on and then give them a new lease of life and i thought that was cool oh, yeah beautiful yeah, so yeah. it's already seasoned nicely for us all perhaps we need a film instead of toy story we should have guitar story <laughs> uh, that that's probably not the best name and then the guitars can speak you know once they've been on stage say like kurt cobain's he, he used those left-handed mm. gu- yeah the mm. the baby blue one or, i mean each artist you'll notice their guitars mm. and they could all like have a chat together one day like Jimi hendrix guitar yeah be, that would be, be interesting fun, yeah, yeah 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 how what they've seen and what's you know if yeah they, 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 that could go on and on mm. but Ian, I'd love to hear another tune if that's okay. Thank you. Sing a song soaked in witchcraft know, Just like voodoo and Build a verse of pain and heartbreak and Then write a poem Full of mistakes Harvest ready Hunter's Game of plenty on his They can take that family heirloom, bring it all back, and sell it to you. The show is over, take a Harvest ready, hunters moon. Game of plenty, hunters moon. Harvest ready, hunters moon. Game of plenty. Step out of line, it's hunting season. 
game of playing hunters come Harvest ready hunters come Game of playing Beautiful imagery comes up when I hear that. Thank and, you. And it reminds me of Neil Young, Harvest Moon. Um, obviously, yeah. it's it's completely different, the song, <laughs> but yeah. it's it's got a lovely kind of Midwest kind of open plains oh, feel. Thanks. It's Yeah, thank you. I, I try to make the songs really visual because um, I, I kind of, I, I think that songs have more legs if you can sort of see images when you listen to them and they take they sort of take you somewhere then. So uh, that thank you. That means yeah. a lot. That this is actually kind of I sort of wrote this song as a kind of like an evil twin of Harvest Moon. Actually, I kind of wanted to take something like that and kind of break it. Yeah. <laughs> as, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm a huge Neil Young fan, but um, yeah, I kind of wanted to take it and turn it on its head a little bit and see if I could take it, take a kind of you know a pleasant, um, a pleasant cinematic experience and turn it, turn it into a horror film. <laughs> It's, it's really good. It's really visual in my head. It feels like I'm watching a film. I can imagine the the harvest being ready and there's a hunter's moon. And mm. I, I don't know what a hunter's moon is, but in my head, it's, it's probably like an orangey yellow sliver of a moon. I don't know. What is a hunter's moon? That's a good question. I think um, the hunter's moon, I think um, it marks the start of harvest. Um, and I think it was like a, it was a sign of when people could go and and hunt um and get the crops and food they needed for the winter oh. um yeah i believe that's what it is i might be slightly wrong but it's, it's along those lines well it, um, it yeah. works it's good, good imagery on that <laughs> yeah, one thanks what are you listening to at the moment what types of things inspire you yeah i mean i kind of um for page of swords elliot smith um i'm not too dissimilar to pet twin actually with a lot of the influences i he was talking about cinema last week as well. That's cinema is actually weirdly a big influence on me musically. Um, but sorry, Elliot Smith and Nick Cave, Tom Waits, um, PJ Harvey, um, Mark Lanigan, rest in peace. Um, and um, sort of um, people like Lee Switzer Wolf, Lee's an incredible writer. Mm. Um, Jack as well, <laughs> Jack Cade, an incredible writer as well. Um, and there are there are people that have sort of come and gone on the local scene that have always kind of you know that have got me re really excited. I mean, the August List as well, um, an incredible band, um, and yeah, and the Epstein as well. Um, so kind of local and and national as well. Um, and I've always been a huge Neil Young fan. Yeah, he's always been there, a constant. Um, yeah, <laughs> good. And any like variations uh, that, that those sound like well i was how do i word this any like things curveball so any mm. rave music or any electronic or dance or anything else that would surprise anyone um well i mean because uh, being in barrel house and, and writing rock music as well um sabbath um uh, sort of hard rock like that i am a bit of a closet metallica fan um come out <laughs> yeah yeah Soundgarden, amazing um porter said yes. um nothing kind of massively i mean i've got 
I suppose I have some guilty pleasures. I do like, um, I don't know if I should say this. Say it. <laughs> um, my wife's a big Beyonce fan. Um, I've got t- a lot of time for Beyonce. I think she's incredible what she does. Um, there, I, there are a lot of similarities, obviously, between myself and Beyonce. As you, I'm sure you can you can see. I'm joking. Um, but um, no, no, I've got a lot of time for her. Lizzo as well, amazing. It's the voice too. Yeah, she's geez. got a fantastic incredible. voice. Yeah, and, yeah. and I, I, when when I'm speaking with James Petwin, it's okay to say you like these things. Like I fought for ages. I didn't want to tell people that I liked Pearl Jam because mm. I'd always get like funny comments and then i just think no that's okay you yeah, can say yeah, who you yeah, like yeah yeah i love madonna for example yeah yeah me too. And well yeah oh god that was the first album i got the immaculate collection oh very nice <laughs> when i was a kid how cool was that very cool <laughs> as as you said that i just see the album cover jump up it's like that light blue with the like yeah. a badge the gold edging yeah that's yeah, that's yeah. very cool very yeah, nice yeah, it's cool it's cool it wasn't a bit wrong though didn't it when i <laughs> when, yeah, I, when yeah. I picked up a guitar it all got a bit darker <laughs> that's okay um, but, um, yeah yeah and i'm sure all these things you listen to like come in and influence you and you mentioned barrel house and yeah. i i've only recently come across barrel house and oh, then sure. put two and two together and realize you are the voice of barrel house oh, or with your uh, with, one of the voices yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and your collaborator or the person you work with on barrel house what's yeah. his name uh, mark challenge okay uh, mark is yeah he's kind of like my, my big brother <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah well um, it's it's right up my street and it's got great. that sound garden yes. feel and and very heavy yeah sound it's like mm. a mashup i love it it's it's good it's a lot of fun to play live as well yeah 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 and it's it's, it's great for me because i love this and i love that and it's so i'm so lucky to be able to do both um and to get to work with somebody that you know i'm so close to as well it's brilliant so yeah yeah i'd love to see if you could come in here with barrel house yeah, and, of course yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um Acoustic, though, we probably might do some damage to the shed if we put the amps. But. Uh, I think Ian could arrange something, couldn't you? We'll see. Oh, I'd love acoustic, obviously, because like we were talking earlier before mm. we started recording about that acoustic strip back just tells you where the song came from and it's got that yeah. honesty and yeah. and I'm sure it would come across beautifully. I love the whole unplugged series season in the 90s when yeah. all those bands did it oh amazing yeah, yeah, it, yeah it was very special and it, it just confirmed to any doubters that these are real musicians yeah yeah like alice in chains aren't just like oh my God, yeah. drugged out junkies yeah. they are proper yeah. hardcore artists and they're very very good Talented. at what they do yeah. and then you do an unplugged and you say here you go two fingers up we've done it yeah yeah, yeah. Actually, so, the way I taught myself guitar was by <clears throat> watching the Cranberries Unplugged and REM Unplugged. Yeah. I had it on video and I had a, an out of tune bad guitar that my dad used to keep in the corner. And I just watched like um, Dolores and um, and Pete, Pete Buck's fingers and would just teach myself like that at like the age of 15. I don't know. I mean, yeah. I mean, I probably should have just asked for guitar lessons. There were probably easier ways. Um, but yeah, that that series was amazing. Yeah, amazing. Oh, that's the best way to learn. That's a lovely story. I'm you glad. Think? Yeah, okay. it's inspirational. That's <laughs> Sounds so like eccentric good. when I say it out loud, but oh, but I'm glad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very good. I like that. Should we? I can hear the bubbles from the, the fish tank. I've got a fish tank, and I was saying I used to have a fish tank when I was a, a kid, and mm. some things in the shed are from when I was a kid. And some I've collected along the way, and I thought I needed a another fish tank. I, I guess if I kept the one from when I was a kid, it would. They had this weird like base with polystyrene, and every time I opened the lid, water would drip down the back, and then it would, 
it wrecked a cabinet that it was on. It got like I, I'm not sure how you'd bring that over from South Africa as well. <laughs> Precisely. <laughs> yeah. uh, my mom made me get rid of it because it just trashed the the thing, and it had a, a, a like a pump with bubbles that used to make a noise, and it kept me awake. It was a drama, but I love those little neon Tetras, and this pump isn't that noisy but I, i'm going to turn it off because i can hear it. it's probably sure, sure. quite late now but it's been on on other recordings and it's been okay so let's um there we go ah <laughs> i hope the <laughs> listeners aren't thinking the same thing <laughs> you, you probably won't hear it it's good ambient noise but yeah it would be it would be brilliant to hear another another tune and i guess if you've got a couple more Sure, yeah, yeah. Is sure, that, a, is yeah, that yeah, okay? Of course, of course. <clears throat> uh, so, yeah, this is, um, this is called The Ladder. Certainly a favorite of mine. I remember it from your oh, from your gig, and it it made me think of Orville Peck. And I know it's hard when people say, "Oh, you sound like this and this," because you obviously sound like you, and you've got <laughs> your own style. But I'm a big fan of Orville Peck. He does country. He wears a mask with like tassels, and you can never see his face. Uh, okay, okay, okay. I think he, I'm with you now. Yeah, yeah. He released an album called Pony. Was his first one, and the second, I've, I've got it. I don't know what what it's called, but it they're really good. And his voice has that kind of like Elvis and a bit of uh, Roy Orbison, 
and it's just got a richness it's warm and it's it's mm. good and your voice definitely comes through yeah, amazingly you. on all the songs but that's that's a tune i love that one that's very <laughs> Jeez, cool very nice thanks. and i like how it just kind of abruptly stops <laughs> yeah yeah it's kind of a weird little tune but i think it kind of works um that's more one that's kind of talking about films and things like um sometimes i like to create little stories because don't get me wrong like some of the songs are you know are, they, they are cathartic and they are self-referential but some of them are purely fictitious and i just like to kind of play with people's heads a little bit um because i think well because it's fun and i i'm kind of like a failed screenwriter i think <laughs> so i like to put it in songs sometimes you know um, yeah. yeah that one i cycle along and I, I i've cycled a couple of times to work and i go and I'm not going down. And as I'm riding, it's like in my head. I know that's not what the song's about, but I'm not. I'm not going to go down. And it's making me feel strong, like I'm going to push through this. I'm sure, going to sure, get sure. there. I think I always worry that people think that song's about cunnilingus, but it's not. Ah, uh, so. you said that at the at the <laughs> thing. You, oh yeah, yeah. I remember. Uh, what, what's it like? You know that banter when you're at a gig and mm. you did it really well, and you oh, had a nice you. chat with everyone in the place. And I mm. thought. How am I going to have a conversation with with Ian and Lee and Jack? Have they've got such good banter and such good chat, and I'm not at that oh, level there. All. But no, no, it, it, it you you had such a, a great way with the audience, and you know I, I like, and it was clear too. I could hear what you were saying because sure. some gigs you hear people say things, and it's like blah blah blah, and it's like what, what was that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's um, so there's a guy called Tom McRae. I don't know if, if you've heard of Tom McRae, but he's a bit also. Sorry, I should have mentioned him. He's a massive influence on me. He writes very dark stuff, um, and seeing him live is amazing because it's very powerful stuff, but he's inc incredibly funny in between the songs, and it's that light and dark that makes it work. Um, so I think it's good to be able to not take yourself too seriously. And if you can, not that I'm a stand-up comedian by any stretch of imagination, but if you can make people chuckle a little bit, I think it just helps alleviate things, shows that you're not taking yourself massively seriously because everyone's out to have a good time, right? And my songs might be pretty macabre, but it can still be a good night out, right? Um, and I think, I think Lee and Jack as well, I completely agree. They've got such a charming way of speaking between songs. Jack tells you these little stories that just pull you in. I could listen to him talk all day. And Lee is just, he's just so sharp, you know, and he can just come up with little things just on the cuff. And seeing them over four little dates was a real privilege. And I learned a lot, actually. And that was one of the things I learned about was just engaging a little bit more and having a bit more confidence. Um, so, yeah. yeah. And it worked. And I, I love that folk tradition, storytelling, poetry. It's all about using your words and creating imagery yeah. and it it was the cult of the narrative and it it was definitely yeah it did what yeah. it said on the tin if if that's right the narrative is a story and it yeah that was lee's idea actually he because we were kind of thinking what do we call this thing and, and i couldn't come up with anything decent um and jack wasn't sure and then yeah lee kind of nailed it with that really and being the wordsmith that he is incredible wordsmith you know like it's hardly surprising um and yeah i think it really kind of just made it seem like a bit of a cohesive offering um because we're all a bit different but there are similarities there and i think it was a really nice way of, of capturing that yeah well well done on that tour i'm going to call it a tour i know you guys probably don't <laughs> I, i'm going to call it a tour and i i hit one of the dates on those yeah tour. <laughs> and before we we go I'd, I'd i'd really love it if you could play us out with a song but before that could you let us know what what are you up to like where are you 
performing next? Sure. Um, so for Page of Swords, um, the next gig is the 21st of July. I'm playing in Reading. Um, I'm supporting, um, I think it's the Heathen Apostles. And they sound like a kind of, like the bastard children of the Dead South. They're incredible. Um, a really, really good band from the States. Um, and I'm supporting them at the Face Bar in Reading. Um, the Face Bar seems to be getting some good gigs now. Um, so that's going to be exciting. Barrel House, um, if I may. Yes, please do. Um, yeah. Barrel House, we're playing um, Old Community um, on the 15th of July. It's Tap Social. So that's the Divine Chisholm thing. That's going to be super fun. Day after that, we've got Ready Pop Festival in Caversham. Then we're playing Charbury Festival at the end of July on the 30th. And then we're playing Bunkfest in September in Wallingford. Um, and we're trying to get the second album done as well. And also I'm recording um, the next EP for Page of Swords. Um, Hayley Bell, who was um, in Little Red, um, she's coming on board um, for the next EP, um, which is called um, Goodbye Sadness, Goodbye Sorrow. Oh, sorry. Goodbye Sadness, Farewell Sorrow. That's it. Um, and um, Hayley's going to be doing vocals with me on four of the tracks. So that should be exciting. That is very exciting. And I think mm. your your work ethic is paying off and you're making <laughs> lots of good stuff for people to enjoy. And I'll try to get to some of those. I think I probably will be at the the O community one. Okay. Uh, I think I've I've got that on the calendar. The calendar's filled up. This is these summer months are good for going out and seeing what people have been working on during the winter. Mm. And and yeah, the calendar's looking full. Right. For yeah. July and Very August, cool. lots of exciting gigs oh, to go and see yeah very <laughs> yeah. much so yeah. but once again thank you very much for joining us and thank you to alex for taking the pictures it's it's a we're a team here and it's, it's really good to have you with us and ian of course um i th keep thinking that we've got the best sound in the in where in this shed. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also wonderful to have you. And I've never really said that on a podcast. I was thinking about this. Um, that, it, yeah, it's, it's good to have you here. So thank you for, for always putting up with my text messages saying, are you free here? Can you do this? And But thank you. Um, so, yeah, um, thanks so much for having me. And, uh, yeah, this is um, a little red song, actually. This is um, called Bonnie and Clyde. Heard a story I did not like Mentioning your name and mine Accusing us Of all sorts of lies Be my Bonnie judge us at times as we swim against the tide it's just me and you and the open sky
must find some space to breathe. The open road, no police. It takes time to be free I miss the days when we could just be I don't Perfect. It was so good. Such a lovely evening. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. Thank so you. Much. Cheers. <laughs>